He is outside of time, but he has entered into time and entered into history so that he can not only pay our sin debt, but also guarantee those that put their trust in him that they will have the same glorious future that he has. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Welcome to Armageddon's Dawn on In Grace. Today, as we study Bible prophecy, we're excited to see what God has unveiled about the future. Hi, this is Jim Scudder, and I'm glad that you're listening today to our In Grace radio program or podcast. By the way, if you're listening on the radio and you want to get the podcast, you can find us on pretty much anywhere podcasts are available. So wherever you get your podcast, just uh, search for InGrace and you'll find us there as well. So today we're going to continue talking from Revelation 1, where the Bible talks about Jesus being the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And that harkens, at least my mind, back to Exodus 3.14, when Moses is speaking to the Lord. You know, he was a, a prince of Egypt. He murdered someone for, you know, abusing the Jewish people in slavery. He had to flee, and this prince becomes a shepherd, not just for a year or two, but for 40 years. But in those 40 years, he meets God at a burning bush, and he's hearing from God, and God is saying, hey, I'm going to use you, Moses, to, to free my people. And then Moses said, well, who should I say that your name is? And, and God said, I am that I am. And and those are profound, profound, short but profound words because it is a name of God that transcends eternity. It transcends time. And so that's the beauty of our God. He isn't limited by time and space. And and that's the kind of God I want to serve. He's all powerful and he's all present and and he cares. And so um, we're going to talk about that as Jesus is revealed in Revelation. It's really what Revelation is all about. It's not revealing the end times and the mark of the beast and the tribulation, although it does. It's revealing Jesus in his glory. So that's what we're going to study today. And I hope that you're excited about that, as excited as I am, as we go to today's message from Armageddon's Dawn, The Future Unveiled. God the Father, when Moses said, who should I say you are? He's not just asking the name, he's asking about Jesus Christ. Who do I say that you are? And God says in Exodus 3.14, say, I am that I am. He is the self-existent one who was and is and always will be. We know because he is and was and always will be that he's faithful. He's dependable. He's dependable yesterday, today, and forever. That's the God that we serve. That's the Father. And then we see the Spirit. It says, you say, wait, the seven spirits. I thought there was one Spirit. There is one Spirit. But here we find in Isaiah eleven two seven qualifications, manifestations, if you will, of the Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. All of these encompass the Spirit, the one Spirit, the, the, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. One God, three distinct persons. 
And then we have the Lord Jesus and from Jesus Christ, the beginning of verse five, Revelation one. The following are true of Jesus. These are titles given to Jesus. And I'm telling you, if you wanna be inspired, if you want something that will help you get through the rest of this week, will help you get through the rest of your life, dwell on these titles for Christ. This is why he is going to be unveiled and he is going to be the one to unveil. He is uniquely qualified and able. He is outside of time, but he has entered into time and entered into history so that he can not only pay our sin debt, but also guarantee those that put their trust in him that they will have the same glorious future that he has. This is incredible. It says in Revelation 1.5, the second part, who is the faithful witness? Do you remember when we talked about Revelation unveiling Christ as the priest, the prophet, and the king? Do you remember that? Well, here, the faithful witness is the prophet, right? If you're a faithful witness, you're faithfully going to tell the truth. You're going to be a faithful witness here to the future. He is the prophet. And then it says, and the first begotten of the dead. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean he was born in a, a natural sense to die? No, it means that he came from the womb of death and lived and was the only one that's ever been able to accomplish that and never die again. The first begotten, and when we say first begotten, we have to think back to first fruits. It was the first of the harvest, and the priest would take that first fruit of grain and wave it before the Lord, saying, this is the first of much more to come. And here Jesus Christ, the priest, the prophet, faithful witness, the priest, the firstborn of the dead. And he's saying, look, I am the one that has conquered death and will never die. And because of that, those that are in me will also conquer death. They will not face the second death. This is incredible. He is the one that can unveil the future. He is the first begotten of the dead. You remember it said this in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 20, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept, those that had died, because of his resurrection, many are guaranteed eternal life, the first begotten of the dead. And then it says, the prince of the kings of the earth. There he is referenced as the king or the chief ruler, the prince of all kings. Philippians 2, 9 and 10 tell us about the millennium, and, and this is amazing. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and of things in the earth and things under the earth. What a glorious day. That's gonna be interesting. Every knee will bow. It's sad to see some NFL players that have decided to disrespect the sacrifice that some have given on behalf of our country and they have kneeled at a moment that we have traditionally stood. But there's a day when every knee will bow before the God of all glory. 
Every knee will bow before the King of kings and Lord of lords. We need to learn to bow before God, don't we? Unto him that loved us. Now, at first, it looks like that's in the past tense. He loved us. He used to love us. No, in the Greek, this is present tense. This is continuing action. I tell you what, if you ever get really discouraged, think of this. Jesus loves me right now. Constant, constant. His constant attitude toward us is love. You say, no, he's out to zap me. He doesn't want me to have any fun. He hates me. No, no, no. God loves you. Jesus loves you. It says it right here. He loves you. So when we study these frightening events and we look at these frightening prophecies, we don't have to be scared. Why? Because he loves us. He loves us. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. That is amazing. The blood of Christ, more than just a symbol, it is actually the life It is the source of life. I'm going to come back to that in a second. Let me read verse 6. And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. What a doxology. What a wonderful theme that God, Jesus, is the prophet, priest, and king. But he's also making us, those that know Christ as Savior, kings and priests. One commentator said the regal and sacerdotal dignities are the two highest, meaning priest and king, that can possibly exist among men. And these two here mentioned to show the glorious prerogatives and state of the children of God. If you are getting discouraged, remember that Jesus loves you constantly, currently, and two, that he is making you to be a priest and a king. That'll help get you out of any discouragement or depression. 1 Corinthians 6, 2 tells us that the saints shall judge the world. 1 Peter 2, 9, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Believers are a kingdom of priests. We have a purpose. We have a purpose to serve the Lord. And then it says that he has the glory and the dominion forever and ever. And the word says, amen. But when we say amen, and it's appropriate to do so, even in the public gathering, and it's a a way that the corporate body can agree and say it is true, Jesus it says, is the amen. He is the truth. And it's settled and it's established. And if you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Okay. When you agree with something you hear in a sermon, it's good. It's right to say amen. It's a title of Christ. He is the subject and the object of prophecy. The events are moved by him and move toward him. Everything was made by him. All things were made for him. 
Behold, Revelation 1-7, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, say it with me, amen. amen. Who is worthy to unveil the future? It is he who is known as truth. It is he that is and was and is to come. It is he that is the eternal self-existent one who is outside of time and knows the future without forcing us to change our will. He does influence circumstances and events. He does raise kings and lower kings in the earth, but he doesn't affect our ability to choose he is worthy and able to predict the future. If you want to learn more about the Bible's end time prophecies, In Grace and Pastor Jim Scudder have great resources that will help you. First, we have a large prophecy chart that we will send you absolutely free. And when you give a gift of any amount, you'll also receive our eight-part video series, Armageddon's Dawn, filmed in Israel. This series will give you a visual experience that will transport you to the very places mentioned in Revelation. We also would like to send you Pastor Jim's entire 43-sermon audio series, Armageddon's Dawn, on CD or MP3 for gifts of $30. Don't miss out on this opportunity to enrich your understanding of biblical prophecy. Contact In Grace today at 800-78-GRACE. That's 800-78-GRACE. Visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to Ingrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Get your free prophecy chart and unlock the secrets of the end times today. Remember how we talked about peace flowing from grace and the, the river that started as a trickle became this mighty flood, the Mississippi. One author wrote this about the Crimson River. He said this, the Crimson River began as a single drop of blood that flowed down Jesus' back as a Roman soldier brought down his cruel whip. With each lash, another drop mixed with the first. These drops formed a trickle as the crown of thorns was driven into Jesus' brow. As cruel fists struck his face, as his beard was pulled, the trickle grew stronger. As Jesus dragged the cross toward Golgotha, then as the soldiers drove the nails through Jesus' hands and his feet, they raised the cross high, they, they dropped it into its hole. The trickle began a stream. For six long hours, Jesus hung between heaven and earth, between God and man, the Lamb of God dying for the sins of the world, the stream ran red and strong. Jesus suffered horrible pain and the stream flowed. He was ridiculed by passers-by and the stream flowed. The sun grew dark as Jesus bore our sins. The full weight of God's wrath against that sin and still the stream flowed. Then came that decisive moment. Having borne our sins and paid their full price, he rose up and uttered those fateful words, it is finished. At that moment, 
the stream became a river, a river of mercy and grace, a river of forgiveness, a life-giving, sin-forgiving power, forever living river of love flowing from the heart of God to all. The river flowed first to the throne of God where Jesus sprinkled the blood on the heavenly mercy seat, presenting his blood as the payment for our sins. Looking at the broken body of his son and the payment for our sins, God the Father said, it is enough. The debt has been paid. Then the crimson river began to flow across the earth. Deep it flowed and wide it flowed to a notorious criminal hanging next to Christ. He was a wicked man deserving to die. He deserved death and hell. But sinners plunged beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stain. He was caught up in the crimson river and carried off that day to be with Jesus in paradise. The crimson river flowed by a Roman soldier, a centurion, who gazed at the crucified Christ and exclaimed, surely this must have been the Son of God. On the day of Pentecost, it swept away 3,000 people in its flood. It took them away from dead religion into a living relationship with Jesus Christ. Sometime later, the river caught up with an angry young man on his way to Damascus. He was determined to stop that river. He was determined to dam its flow. But as the river swelled up, it carried him away. And through him flowed to millions of people throughout history. That river flows to male and female, to rich and to poor, to red and yellow and, and black and white, to, to Africa and Asia and Europe and the Americas. For 2,000 years, this river flowed as a mighty torrent of God's mercy and God's grace. It has flowed. It has been immeasurable. It has been unstoppable. The Crimson River has flowed to pay my sins, to wash me white as snow. What began as a drop increased and increased and increased, turning into a stream, turning into a torrent, turning into a river. And that blood has flowed and it's available to everybody, all of you, those of you in this room, those of you that are outside the room. I can stand here and say, Jesus died for me. He poured out his blood for me and he did the same for you. Isn't that great news? The torrent, the raging river of crimson, the blood of Jesus Christ, the one that is worthy to unveil. All of us have sinned. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. This sin separates us from a holy and righteous God. We cannot get rid of this sin by ourselves. A lot of people have tried. They've tried to be religious. They've tried to be good. They've tried to have a pastor or priest help them. And no pastor or priest or any other person has ever been able to absolve sin. We all have sinned. 
And even if you stop sinning from today on, you have all of your past sins. Plus, it's really impossible to stop sinning from this day on. So what are we going to do? There was a river filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And all the sinners that were plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stain. I love that song. It's when you realize that you are a sinner and you can't save yourself and you believe that Jesus died for you on a cross and pay your sin. And when you have believed in him, the Bible says you are guaranteed everlasting life. God can guarantee these things. He will never lose you or forsake you. He'll never kick you out of his family because you're born. You are born again. Have you ever received that free gift of eternal life? Have you ever been washed, your sins been washed by that crimson river? He died for you. He paid for your sins. He's an amazing God. He loves you. Say, I don't believe all that stuff. Well, think about it. Open your heart to the fact that he created you. I think we all know, as Reagan said, we need to use that common sense. We need to use that thing we know to be true, the thing that God created us with, to say, yeah, there is a God. There has to be a God. And I'm amazed that Jesus, the Son of God, who fulfilled prophecy perfectly, who died on a cross because he loved me, who rose again the third day, who has defeated death and will never die, I believe in him. And by doing that, I am guaranteed eternal life. I trust in that. I might not know the whole Bible, but I know one thing. I'm not going to pass up that gift. That gift. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Isn't that clear? If that wasn't clear enough, here's another passage. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a, say it, gift of God, not of works. Lest any man should boast. Salvation is free. And then once he saves you, He's going to walk with you. He's going to help you. He's going to encourage you. He's coming back. He's going to make you and me into kings and priests. He is the one that is outside of time and he can tell you what's coming so that we can be prepared and we can receive those blessings that we find in Revelation. And just before we go today, I've got a couple things I really want to talk to you about. And the first is what I just ended with. Do you know for sure you're on your way to heaven? The way this world is going, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. So make sure you have eternal life and you can't earn it. You can't pay for it. You can't buy it. You can't work for it. It's free. Just receive it. How? By putting your faith in Jesus. He is God in the flesh. He died for our sins. He rose again, and he is offering you eternal life by simple faith. You say, well, that's way too simple. Well, it's a good thing because we have nothing to offer God. Even our best efforts, the Bible says, are filthy rags in God's eyes. So we have nothing. So therefore, that's all we can do is believe, trust, put your faith in Jesus. And when you do that, the Bible says you are born again, and that's the greatest news in the entire world. If you want to find out more about the end times and Bible prophecy with the entire Armageddon's Dawn prophecy series, 
on a CD set. There's 43 sermons, and I encourage you to get this. Call us at 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE. It's just under $30, and it's on our website, ingraceradio.com, or again, the phone number is 1-800-78-GRACE. We also have a free prophecy chart on our website, ingraceradio.com. You can get your free prophecy chart. This will really help you, by the way, as we go through this series. And we have the Armageddon's Dawn video series filmed in Israel with some great prophecy teachers on there. And that's very visual, obviously. So if you'd like to get that, you can give a gift of any amount to Ingrace and get the Armageddon's Dawn video series as well. Give us a call, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at Ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Are you ready for an end times journey of biblical proportions? Get the stunning Armageddon's Dawn Prophecy Chart for free. Or give any amount and receive the incredible Armageddon's Dawn eight-part video series. Plus, you can order the 43-part audio preaching series. Contact InGrace today at 800-78-GRACE, ingraceradio.com, or write to InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us 800 78 Grace or go online ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.